Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful JJ Wenrick. JJ, are you ready to do this? Let's go. Let Let's go. JJ is a CFP. He is the founder of Wenrick Wealth, and he is the author of Teaching Kids to Buy Stocks. Again, excited to have you on. JJ, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. No, I appreciate you having me on the program, George. Uh, you know, I do what I do. My, I'm a dad first and foremost. I have three teens, and then I also have my stepson that's uh, almost 30 now. And uh, I found that talking to them about money has really helped them, you know, take in things better than I ever thought they would. Also, professionally, I'm an investment geek. I've been a market geek since I got out of college, but I actually you know, got into the markets or at least interested in the markets thanks to a wonderful teacher when I was in junior high. And so you put that all together and I discovered early on the magic of not talking like a market geek to people that aren't super into the markets and found that that magic, you know, it helps people understand things in a different way and they're, they're a little bit more comfortable with things. And over time and over a career of talking to a lot of people, plus raising, raising my kids, it you know, just felt like, all right, I have something that, that I want to get out there. I don't feel like there's something out there that helps simplify the market the, the way I feel like I can. And so put that all together. Somebody gave me the crazy idea to, to write a book to start it all out. And that's, and that's really what got it started you know, a little over three years ago, um, and then the book, it, it's been published for a little over two years now. But yeah, that's who I am. I'm a market geek and uh, and a dad. <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so you had a teacher in junior high. Was it part of the curriculum, or this is just somebody who uh, you sort of gravitated towards and he or she taught you about investing? Yeah, so it was not part of the curriculum, and that's a kind of a key point is it's not part of most curriculums out there. This was just a wonderful teacher in a very small town in Kansas that took it upon herself to make it part of the curriculum, and that's really the the thing out there is because it's not in most curriculums, it's not something that most states mandate. Um, it's a it's the teachers that take it upon themselves to bring it into their classroom that really make that difference. And there's just wonderful teachers across the country that take it upon themselves to do that. Um, and so would it help to have some little bit more of a of a push to have some mandate in more states? Absolutely. Anything we can do to to to, to push that forward, I'm in, in favor of. But you can't rely on that. You know, you if you're a, a, a mom, a dad, an aunt, uncle, anybody that works with kids, a teacher, you know, if you can take it upon yourself to do it, it really does make a big difference. And so you, you just, it, it's uh, something I'm thankful for. And when I felt like, all right, I've got something that I can I can help others with it, that that's that's what we're trying to do is, is really make it easier to learn the stuff, make it a little more fun to learn the stuff, not such a dry topic. Um, that, that helps, especially when you're working with kids. A thousand percent. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I often, I often think 
uh, because you do hear a lot about, oh, this is stuff that should have been taught in school, and why didn't I learn this in school? And I think that even if you had tried to talk to me about budgeting when I was at a certain age in school, it just would have washed right over me anyway. So I don't know that I would have absorbed it, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, that it is incumbent upon us as, as, as parents to um, whatever you think is of value to to take a leadership role in helping your kids. And certainly when we're talking about money and investing, um, that's such an important thing. It's such a broad topic. How do you, how do you sort of start to unpack that? Yeah, no, and, and that's, that's important because it is, um, it can be difficult. And I think that's part of why it's not taught is because a lot of, a lot of grownups don't feel like they have it down yet. How am I supposed to teach something that I don't myself know? Um, and, and so, Really, it starts by making it not a taboo subject. Make it something that you do talk about, and it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, you don't have to sit down and take a class. You make a part of what you're already doing. And so, when the kids are little, so you know, I think you have, you have pretty young kids. You know, once you've figured out to the toddler that all right, don't put the coins in your mouth anymore. Well, that's <laughs> when you start talking about here's what you actually do with this stuff. It's a tool to to help us get things that we need and even things that we want um, and and things have a price and and just starting to help them understand and be relational that oh this costs that much so that it's you know it you know has a unit of value you know it starts with just that um, just just talking to them about it that you know there's for most households there's a finite supply of it and and just explaining that that's a healthy thing for them to know and, and understand it it's not you know, transferring any anxiety you have to them. It's just giving them the tools, just like teaching them to cross the street. Um, so it starts with just talking about it, why it's important, what kind of tool it is, and then how much stuff costs. But then that's when you get into the real meat and potatoes. And this is super simple, but it's hard for adults. It's the discipline of saving. Hmm. It's getting into that, that habit or learning that skill of being able to delay gratification so that if you get a dollar... You know, don't do what I call the Southern California thing where I live. Don't, you know, don't spend a dollar ten for every dollar that you get. You know, maybe take a quarter or take a dime and set it aside for when things go wrong. Because, you know, life's going to go wrong. You're going to have bad luck. And um, if you don't have money set aside for when that happens, then it can be devastating instead of inconvenient. And that's a tough message to get to kids. You know, you said it. You know, would it have done me any good to hear it when I was 12 years old? No, probably not. I probably needed to hear it at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. <laughs> so, um, but just teaching them that discipline of saving, that's a life-changing behavior. That really is a, I'm not, you know, not overstating that. That's a life-changing behavior for folks. That's, you know, it, not having that, not having the ability to build that cushion, I mean, that's, affects your relationships. You know, it's one of the leading causes of divorce or money issues. Um, I'm not saying all that can be solved by learning how to save, but a lot of it can. Um, the stress that that puts on people and the health problems that come from that stress. So it, it's important. And so that discipline, that's kind of that third leg after just talking about what it is, how much stuff costs, just that discipline of saving. That's the most important leg. Everything else works itself out. And then the fourth piece that I say is just recognition of businesses 
and that's when you get into the investing side. And you, you maybe geek out a little bit, but you don't you don't have to. It's really just looking around and recognizing good businesses as we interact with them as money changes hands. Yeah, no, I, pr- I appreciate that very much. Appreciate everything you just said. So just having a, and it doesn't need to be super complicated to your point, just like you try to teach your kids about nutrition, like we can't eat candy, uh, you know, at, for, for the staple of every meal, it can be part of it, but you are teaching your kids about nutrition without actually getting into sort of the um, granular stuff. And so just teaching them that, yeah, that iPhone or that thing that costs money and here's how it works, here's how much stuff costs, it's really, really important that you be saving money and your ability to delay gratification. Um, so just letting them in on what you're already doing. Like, is it grocery shopping? Is it just to walk walk me through sort of some practical stuff that we can help people take away and maybe implement? Yeah, no, that, that, that's perfect. And I think grocery shopping is a great example because it's anytime money is changing hands. And grocery shopping is a great example because you you can talk about a lot of the companies involved from the you know the store there. You know, there's that there's that business talking about you know here's what they're trying to do as a business. You know they they bought all this stuff at a cheaper price than they're selling it to us because they have to cover this building and all these employees and these lights and oh they're trying to make some money as well. Um, and then there's the companies that you're buying the products of, whether it be the produce or the package goods, whatever it is. Um, you you kind of talk about that. You talk about any trends you see. Um, I like to use the example of you know waiting in line for a burrito. So you're you know if you're you're standing there waiting for for um, for your lunch, and everybody's you know you're in a line of people happy to turn their money over. You know that's a time to talk about that business, talk about that restaurant you're in. You know, if it's you know something locally owned, you say all right, you know the, you know these this is what they're trying to do, but maybe it's a big one, maybe it's a Chipotle or something like that, where you say you know some of these companies you you can actually be a part owner in. Uh, it's not, you're not left out. There's, there's things called publicly traded stocks. And you start to have that conversation really pretty young, younger than you might think. My kids were, you know, four, five, and six, and I was talking to them about, you know, they're playing on an iPod or an iPad. Well, you know, Apple sells that to you. And kids recognize brands. They recognize Disney. They recognize whatever it is. But then you start to explain that you know that's a company that's a business just like that grocery store just like the 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 burrito place and you help them start to recognize businesses Um, just because you are talking about a company and that it's publicly traded doesn't mean you have to go out and buy stock in it it just helps them start to speak that language helps them recognize businesses so that as they turn into adults and they get into the business world, whatever they're doing, you know, whether they're a teacher, whether they're a electrician, whatever it is, you know, there's a business aspect to every single career. And even, even, you know, government work, you know, imagine that if we have a bit of a business mind to that. And so if they're used to recognizing that type of stuff as they turn into adults, it gives them a leg up whether they're an employee or a business owner themselves. Yeah, I think that sometimes I, I know that I take it for granted um, just the stuff that we have sort of absorbed over the course of a career. But I, I, you know, you just sort of forget that unless you are thinking about this, then there's a lot of Americans that will never actually go and buy an individual stock, and so therefore, therefore, they probably just 
don't necessarily don't necessarily understand it. So the more that you can talk with your kids about it, that's 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 nothing but a good thing. Um, in terms of actually going and buying stocks and and investing with kids, is that something that that you talk about and do? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And that's kind of that next leg. And that's where um, you know once you've saved up some money, you can actually talk about doing that and. Um, and, and, and you, it, fortunately today, it's so easy to do. You know, when you and I were growing up, it took a little bit more doing if you wanted to try to, to buy stock as a, as a young person. But now you, know, you can open stuff up online and you can buy fractional shares. You don't have to have $3,000 to buy a share of Amazon. You can do it with, with $25 because there's you know, different ways to do it. And it also doesn't really cost you much or anything to do it. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, you should have, you know, kids picking individual stocks for, for, you know, a whole bunch of money, but I think there's value. I think of the things my kids blow 25 or $50 on, um, there's, there's value in spending that on, on a, on a stock and watching that and learning from that. Um, or you can play games with it. You know, that's something we did as a family is we had a little stock picking contest and it, it lights the competitive fire, helps them learn something, but there's, There's no harm done. But as kids start to think about that, that, oh, you know, I could I can put some of my money into something like that. They start to recognize things in their world and you can help them do that. You know, ask them about the companies that 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 they interact with. You know, my kids are into gaming. They're three teenagers. They're into video games. And so they've helped me as an investor understand trends within that world. I mean, there's a lot of companies pay a lot of money to research what teenagers think. My daughter, she even has picked up on that. She'll say, you know, I, you know, I'm in that target market that advertisers want to know about because I'm a teenage girl. And, you know, she takes pride in that some weird way. Um, but when they start to recognize that and they start to say, hey, you know, maybe that's something I, I could actually put 25 or $50 in. It also makes them better consumers because, they're thinking about things from the other side of the transaction. If they're sending all their money to Roblox for upgrades on their games and they see their friends doing that as well, you know, maybe if, if they think about it from a business standpoint, they start to think twice that, well, wait a minute, you know, they're making a lot of money on me. Maybe I could make money off of that if I, if I actually own some of the company. So just, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just having conversations about it while you're doing what you're already doing. It um, it just helps them have a depth of knowledge that um, that they might not otherwise, and you don't have to be a, a stock geek. You just have to be a consumer that recognizes who you consume from. Yeah, it, that that certainly makes sense. And so, in terms of, I I, I love the idea about um, having a, a, a kind of an investing competition. Um, if if you were to design just a perfect program, and, and and perhaps this is this is in the book, would you open up a joint account with let's just use Charles Schwab as an example, and you say, okay, son, daughter, what we're gonna do is we're we're gonna pick a stock, and they say, well, I love you know Nintendo. I say, okay, great, let's let's invest in Nintendo together, and then the other kid says, I like Barbie, and so they invest in Hasbro. How does that how how, how does that sort of actually play out? Yeah, and so that's how that's how we did it. Is we um, challenged them to save up, is is maybe a little bit too much at the time, but we challenged them when they were pretty young to save up five hundred dollars, and it took them a few years to do that. If I did it again, I'd probably lower the amount, 
Uh, but we challenged them to save, and then um, we matched that. That was kind of the carrot that we held out there. And then we opened up an online account at um, at something like a like a Schwab or a Fidelity or a TD Ameritrade, and uh, opened it up as a custodial account. So when they turn eighteen, you know, it's going to going to be theirs. But they bought a couple of shares of Disney and Apple and and Microsoft. And it's not like that was their whole college fund. This was their money plus a little bit that we matched. Uh, but it helped them start to take an interest in it and understand it. That combined with the stock contest and then just, just having conversations about it. But that's really is, is how, how it started is from doing that. And not any more complicated than that. Why did they buy the stocks that they bought? Because that's what they, they recognized. Mm-hmm. And... And again, I'm not saying that you should, you know, you should take all of it in your hands and you start picking all your own stocks if you don't feel comfortable with that. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think that there's just value in putting a little bit into that to learn. And then maybe with, you know, most of the money that, that either they're saving, you're saving for longer term for college or whatever it might be that you put into mutual funds, ETFs, that sort of thing. But it's tough to get a kid engaged in a mutual fund. Exactly. It's tough to get an adult engaged in a mutual yeah. fund. <laughs> yeah, I a thousand percent agree with everything you said. That uh yeah, that's certainly the core of any sort of portfolio or whatever it might be should be a diversified mutual fund or something like that. But yeah, it's not super exciting for a kid versus, you know, to your point that it's Roblox and I don't know if that's an independent company or whatever. You figure out what company actually owns it and that they can really get their arms and their brains around. So I love it. And just, just getting started doing it and getting comfortable having these conversations. Um, it certainly served you, uh, with that high school teacher or junior high school teacher and, uh, could just have such a huge impact just like we've been talking about. So, well, JJ, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, my difference making tip and you maybe already can guess it is do what you can, whether you're an adult yourself struggling with it or you're someone that works with kids to talk about the importance of when you get a dollar, put a quarter or a dime or something aside for a rainy day because that can really make all the difference in someone's life if they can learn that discipline. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets – come on. Come on. Yeah. Every time you get a dollar, you put a quarter away, you can almost you can almost guarantee long-term financial success right there. You know, almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah. The rest of that stuff kind of works itself out once you get that one down. Yeah, for sure. Well, JJ, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah, you can find me all over social media. My website is teachingkidstobuystocks.com, teachingkidstobuystocks.com. And has links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything. I appreciate you having me on, George. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show JJ your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to teachingkidstobuystocks.com. Check out all the great resources that JJ's got on there and start teaching your kids how to buy stocks. Love it. Thanks again, JJ. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.